How does creating the life of your dreams in 2016 sound? Or what about helping someone else do the same? With Christmas approaching, the well and new range of inspirational products is all inspiring. Choose from vision board kits, a gratitude box, a John box, coaching packages, and more. Gifts start from just $5. To find out more, simply go to wellandyou.com. That's W-E-L-L-I-N-E-U-X.com. And click on the Christmas catalog to help make 2016 incredible for you and the people you care about. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And today, boys, we have a very special guest. Uh, I've been... I've been in his podcast. I think one of you guys are going to be interviewed uh, on his podcast. But uh, we have him for the next half an hour to talk about food and entrepreneurship and business and everything else. Uh, Ronsley um, is a host of Australia's number one food podcast called Bon Appetit that focuses on two main areas, uniting entrepreneurs through food and fixing their relationship with food. He does run two main businesses, Bon Appetit and Time Shift Media. He's been a chef for over 19 years, and I'm really excited to have him on the board. So thank you for being on our Wellness Guy show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You're popping my cherry. I've never been on a show with three guys, and um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's weird. Uh, I, uh, and my middle name is Curry, by the way. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, uh, uh, Ronsley. Well listen, uh, let's let's start this off uh, on. So, how did you get started? Um, you know, in your career. I mean, obviously, you've been you've been uh, you know been a chef for quite a long time. What made your interest in go mixing food and business? Well, um, I was brought up. I, I'm 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 Indian by origin, so everything we do is around food, uh, not necessarily around curry, but around food. Uh, we, um, I suppose, when someone's coming over or someone's me- we're meeting someone for the first time, we always sort of talk about food. And my grandmother um, had this massive influence when it came to me and, and, and the people around me when it came to food. So she would always ask us whether we were hungry and um, a lot of our weight issues come from her. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really how, how it started, to be honest. It's all my grandmother's fault. Oh, it's so terrible. Grandmothers, they love you so much. They could do so much damage at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, um, mate, uh, the, the food for most people is what brings people together. And, uh, you know, I'm Australian. Um, my grandfather was Czechoslovakian, but he died before I even learned to eat. So there's no influence from Europe over my food habits or anything. But I love getting together with people and having food. In fact, most of my business meetings are done around food. Yeah. Um, and traditionally, there's been this expectation that if you're a businessman or you're in business, then it's expected. And when I fly on a plane, I see lots of overweight people. Um, and they choose to eat the plain food and, and and have some alcohol at the same time and then probably go and have a really rich meal in another business meeting when they've landed in Adelaide or they've landed in Queensland or wherever they've gone to. Yep. Is this the reason or the impetus behind you um, helping people change their relationship with food? Well, I suppose to answer the, the first question probably without being uh, too jovial about it um, and, and yours in the same at the same time, I was sitting at a food court um, at, at one of the malls uh, about a couple of years ago and I noticed a whole bunch of kids fin- that it was about 3 o'clock and uh, a whole bunch of kids finished school and they were exchanging these coupons uh, at two different establishments uh, in the food court 
the McDonald's and the, the KFC and they were exchanging it for chicken nuggets and every other establishment, the, the sumo salads, the kebab store, everything else was just empty and there were these massive queues of kids outside these two. And that was not the saddest part. The saddest part was that these kids couldn't even make it to the table without them panting. And it just hit me like a brick in the face. I'm like, something needs to be done. And, and then I started noticing and looking around, just like you just mentioned, Damien. I was looking around and, and our, the size of our bodies in general at a food court, at a, on a, you know, in an airport, on a plane, um, it's, it's changed. It's, uh, we're, we're heavier in the middle and uh, we could potentially roll down a hill and maybe stop, stop for a snack on the way down. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's because of our, uh, our relationship with food and, and what we think of when, um, when we go to eat. Um, a lot of the times we exchange efficiency or the quote-unquote the illusion of efficiency um, for health and we don't realize what the short and long-term effects of that are. Um, and and it, it's unfortunate because when we, when, if we do land up becoming a successful entrepreneur and we buy a really nice car, we're not going to put 91 octane fuel in it. We're going to put the 98 octane or even better. If we can find anything better, we'll put that. And we'll insure the car before we even insure ourselves. Somehow we think we're bulletproof. Um, and at the end of the day, for every entrepreneur, it's you know the food, the, the fuel that they put in is what they'll get out. And it's a no-brainer when you, when you think about it that way. But somehow it doesn't hit us. I, I'm not sure why yet. So, Ronzi, what's your journey been like, your personal journey in respect to this? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you by the sound of it, live a pretty busy life. Obviously, a chef, you know, tend to work pretty long hours, often quite late hours. Couple that with being an entrepreneur, I'm guessing you've been pretty busy over your time. You've probably had lots of shift work. Sometimes that makes it really hard to eat good quality food, but also probably more important to eat good quality food. So, have you always eaten well as you've gone through your entrepreneurial journey and how's that affected you? Ah, that's a that's a really good question because a lot of my secrets are going to come out now. Um, that's the idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be nice because I'm looking at this picture of you with two incredibly sharp knives in your hand, and and you look like you know how to use them. So, you know, I'm trying I'm trying not to ask too many difficult questions. <laughs> uh, I, I've not always had the best relationship with food. In fact, uh, I suppose this is the, one of the questions I ask on my show: is um, what were your earliest and fondest memories around food, or, or you, like what, what do you think of when you think about your childhood? And w what does happen is we associate comfort or comfort with the food we ate when we felt comfortable when we were kids. So, um, as a general tendency, what, what uh, me and a lot of us do is uh, is during periods of stress is is we eat. And both me and my wife, and I have to throw under the bus for this one as well, because we, we were fat growing up. Like we were the fattest kids in the class. Uh, even though I played sport, I played in every sport that I could get myself into. I, I was just, I just ate a lot. Um, and it took a while. It took a while to sort of uh, do something about it, I suppose. Um, and there were a series of circumstances that, came together um, I, I was put in a you know I was doing my bachelor's of engineering I'm Indian right so you know we we do an IT degree just when we were born uh, so I was doing my IT degree and um, I, it was just bad food so I landed up not eating as much and I landed up uh, walking a lot and and I realized that I was feeling a lot better for being a lot thinner and uh, I've been I've been trying to maintain that balance ever since 
you know, Ransley, uh, I go to Damien's house sometimes and, uh, you know, he just has this great relationship with food. He just loves cooking and uh, you can see it, you know, when he cooks, he actually takes pride uh, in his cooking and he loves it and uh, he loves to entertain that w- and that way. And, you know, I imagine if I went to your place, you'd be the same because you love food. You've been a chef for quite some yep. time. Uh, for someone like me, I actually absolutely hate cooking. And so, you know, what would you give, like, you know, and I live a busy life and like most everybody else. And, you know, that I think that's the downfall of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are business owners that we kind of skip lunches or sorry, or uh, we, we don't take the time out uh, because, you know, we don't, first of all, we don't have the time. Plus, on top of that, we don't even like to cook. So what are sure. some of your suggestions for someone like myself on how can we kind of be on the go, you know, do take some time, do take some time for lunch, of course, but like, and eat healthy. What would you suggestion for people who are, you know, work in the corporate spaces and, uh, um, or even just an entrepreneur, what would you suggest? What are some of the key tips that you would give us? Well, first of all, uh, have a bottle of water everywhere you go. Um, I think most of the time, sometimes, most of the times we are thirsty more than we are hungry and we land up, um, we land up eating when, when we should be drinking some water. Um, secondly, I suppose using your oven more, a lot of us don't tend to use the oven. And again, the, the, the only time I realized that the oven was so important was when I was cooking for a uh, a whole restaurant. Uh, that's when I realized. Wait a minute. We use the oven for for everything because we only have four burners <laughs> or six burners at the most sometimes, um, and we gotta just make use of every possible resource that we have. So uh, we don't use the oven as much at home. And uh, it's funny you say that, Lawrence, because I do a I do a tour for the for the good guys, you know, uh, around the place, and I do a one hour session. And one of the most popular sessions I do for them is how to cook five dinners in an hour. And we recorded this. So it, it, it was from peeling the onion, um, it rice, just from scratch, everything from scratch, five dinners in an hour. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny. It's really funny because I didn't realize how, how these skills don't come naturally to people. And I'm actually working on a product to, to put out five dinners in an hour um, you know, every week. For someone who wants that, and it's going to be gluten free and paleo uh, options in there. So, I suppose, uh, long story short, I, um, it all can be done. Uh, it's just about, I suppose, using. I mean, you have a food processor these days. You've got a slow cooker. God forbid you're one of the Thermomix cult people. Oh, uh, I've got one. We've all got one. Have yeah. you got one, Brad? I got one. I love Again, it. We're, we're cult. We're cult. We love our cults. No offense taken, Ronsley. No, 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 not at all. Uh, it's have you a, got one? Oh, I got one. I don't even. I, I know you got to push buttons, but I, you've got I don't one, haven't you? No, I don't. <laughs> I bet you do. You just <laughs> everyone's got one. <laughs> uh, these two cults: the Thermomix cult and uh, and the CrossFit cult. And I know it's very well represented on this panel right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the Paleo one. Don't forget that one. Yeah, oh, there's there's a lot going on. True, true. And the Cairo one. Far out. There's a heap of cults going on in these places. The wellness cults. I mean, I assume uh, it's cold. It's a cult. Yeah, it's a cult. I've seen that article. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. It's it's amazing. Almost anything that's good for you becomes a cult these days. It's amazing. Uh, Ronsley, um, I'm excited about that little program you're going to put together. Um, I'm always looking for ways in which I can enjoy making food, enjoy entertaining people, and and decrease the amount of time that it takes to do that, Um, and also come up with something special. So I'm very excited about that. It's great. My Thanks. number one challenge, I reckon, with people um, around shifting and changing and making healthy choices is that they don't know where to start. Sure. And, um, and even simple things like poaching an egg, 
um, or knowing how to build a breakfast, for example. Don't go there again, Damo. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be doing that one again. That took a long time to describe what to do. But, uh, <laughs> a long time. But, um, you know, building a breakfast, I think, is really important. A lot of people don't know how to build a breakfast or to build a lunch or to build a dinner. And the concept of building it um, is foreign to people. So they to just grab something on the run because it's yep. easy. But will you be teaching people how to build stuff? Well, I, I, I think when it comes to breakfast, uh, one, of the, one of the hardest things to do is, is obviously poach an egg. It, it is by far one of the hardest things to do. And as a chef, it, uh, when you do it on a regular basis, it's only after a while that you kind of get really good at it. Because wow, it's either, that's, uh, that's the only thing I can do. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously practice. practice that's the only thing I cook. Press a button. <laughs> speed reverse, speed three reverse. <laughs> Sorry, Razzle. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, but but one of the easiest things to do, and the ones one one of the ingredients that is easily manipulated uh, in the kitchen is are eggs. So, uh, one of the easiest things to do is put a whole bunch of leftovers in a pan and and crack um, like beat like six eggs together, um, and then put it in the oven, and that'll be a frittata uh, that you can cut and use for the next couple of days because it'll stay fine in the fridge. Um, also, I mean. The idea of uh, green smoothies becoming the, the the new thing, another cult uh, as well. Um, but it does make it easier. I mean, it does make it easier to sort of uh, get your day off on a good start. Um, and yes, but breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But um, I suppose considering if if someone considers how difficult it is to create lunches and dinners then they go oh let me start with breakfast but i don't have time i've got to wake up earlier uh i've got a meeting in the morning and there's all these excuses that we we come up with um it it does become easier to just have a smoothie in the fridge that's why you forge mm-hmm. <laughs> nice so uh Ronsley, you know first question i've got is just one for lawrence you know the five meals in an hour can he get his va to do that <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, uh, you've given us a couple of good tips there, Ronsley. It's a long flight easy. just for breakfast. Yeah, it's going to be able to stay, stay, stay refrigerated over that period of time for the film. He's actually got um, a sequence of VAs. One lands at 1 o'clock in the morning, the next one lands at 9 o'clock, and they just cycle. So VA flies in from the Philippines, next one leaves, next one flies in, and so they're on rotation. There's no better way. There's no better way to do business. I think Lawrence got the right idea. It's just about... I suppose getting it posted. Uh, you can get the VA to do the, all the shopping lines. Well, you know, like, talk, talking, <laughs> talking to my friend of mine. You're tempting I mean, him now. Yeah. <laughs> but Ronsley, aside, you've, you've mentioned their green the smoothies. What are some other really easy recipe ideas? Maybe just like one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner that, you know, like a five-minute meal. What, what are some tips you've got for us? Five-minute meals? Uh, buy a whole bunch of chicken Thai fillets and um, put some uh, in, in a bowl, put some coriander, olive oil, lime juice, pepper, salt, so coriander chopped, um, mix it, put it over the chicken thighs and uh, shove it in the oven. Uh, that's it. <laughs> shove it in the oven for 20 minutes and, and you're done. Um, and you can, have, you can put some uh, vegetables on the side as well in, in, the, in the oven, uh, in, the, in the tray. So that, that's in the easiest thing to do uh, where you don't have to worry about anything else. Um, you could use, obviously, leftovers uh, for lunch. Um, what else? Uh, breakfast. Let me think about breakfast. Uh, I think a frittata is really easy to do and I use them a lot, but, um, I'm Indian, so curry comes easy to me as well. Um, it's, it's, it's really easy to put a curry together. Uh, you don't actually have to buy curry powder. Um, you can just put, um, 
I suppose, consider a, mush- a mushroom curry. And if you just uh, sauteed some onions, uh, put a can of organic coconut cream in there, uh, a tablespoon of paprika, smoked paprika, and some cumin powder, and then put a whole bunch of mushrooms in there. Let it bubble, pepper, salt, and you're sorted. Uh, does that help? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Raza, you've been uh, doing this podcast for quite some time, and uh, you you know you've had over well over 150 episodes uh, on various podcasts. And um, what's the you know you you obviously have uh, you interview a lot of entrepreneurs and, and the success. What's the one of the what? How did you find the relationship with business people or entrepreneurs and relationship food? Do you find that they actually have a healthy relationship with food, or is it like not even on the radar for most of them for the for the successful entrepreneurs? Um, it's really funny that every single successful entrepreneur has a point in their lives where they fixed their relationship with food and there was a snowball effect mm. uh, afterwards. And it might not be a, a, a huge drastic sort of change, but it was, they can pinpoint this point where they kind of just felt differently. And from that, that, that point onwards, they did things differently and and uh, that led to, to massive amounts of success. Um, I, I, for example, for one, I hadn't fallen sick for like three and a half years. Uh, I, like the flu would just not get me. It was, it was weird. But, but I suppose in hindsight, it was just because I was eating well. I was, I was eating really, really well. And um, I don't know, my immune system was way up there. Yeah. So... We lost DK somewhere. So on the on the on on topic of just you know these people or successful people, they obviously had done something right. Do you find that they also have other routines as well? Like you know besides food that they've actually changed. Did, they, did you find that most people change one thing, or did they kind of just went on this wellness journey or health journey, just changed like a whole bunch of things? They start exercising, they start taking time and and sleep more. You know what was what was that journey like? Yeah, I, I do think that. Uh, it's it's one step at a time. Uh, every everyone can can trace back to a point where there was one small step that sort of like it was a domino effect of sorts. Um, so uh, it's either they've changed exercise, and that exercise has led to them changing the way they ate, uh, and then that led to changing their morning routines. Then that led to changing the way they did business. Or, or it was a mixture of, of, of those four activities that, that you know, went all around and, and kind of, um, they did, but, but they started one at a time, I suppose. Uh, it was not like, I'm going to be good from now on and I'm going to, you know, change the way I do everything and all in one go from tomorrow onwards. And a lot of the times that does not work um, is, is my experience with talking to people. Uh, if they kind of take a whole bunch of things on, um, at one time, something falls off the the spinning plates. Uh, one of them stops spinning, and then it's a. It, I suppose it's motivation at that point to stop doing the whole thing altogether. However, if you, if you make small changes and those changes um, com- compound on a weekly basis, then you land up having this massive effect, um, and you you make more changes as as you go on. Now, Ron, so we have lost Damien, and this is fantastic because his, his computer, his Mac, is playing up, and he can't unmute, which means that I can pay out Damien as much as I like right now. He can hear me, and he can't respond. It's fantastic. So I'm actually going to get a chance to get some questions in here, Ronsley, which I think is wonderful. Um, so entrepreneurs, Ronsley, do you think 
are they better or worse at making changes and getting their lifestyle on track? I, my, my instinct is to think that maybe they might be better at making changes like that because their whole life, I guess, revolves around them taking personal responsibility, them having to make and create and do things in order to get the life they want. Uh, does that mean that they're better at focusing on making changes to their health and taking personal responsibility for what they eat? Or is it the fact that they're so busy focusing on their business that they struggle to make time to do other things well? Oh, that's such a good. That's such a good question, uh, Brett. I um, it's a bit of both. I think they they we are a sucker for pain. We're su- not not necessarily sucker for pain. We're a sucker for for making changes for for the good. Somehow, health and well being falls down on that list uh, until something happens. And again, it, it's um, it's like we need to be reminded in one form or the other that it's so important for us to take care of our of our health that uh, when that event happens, then we start making changes. But until that point, you know, there's somehow a whole bunch of excuses that people make. They, they fall in love with uh, the, their shortcoming of not paying attention to their health, which is a weird thing for an entrepreneur um, because they, they, they want to make all these changes. Otherwise, they want to do, you know, well in business, got to have all these partnerships. They want to uh, make sure that they, you know, cross a certain barrier when it comes to um, uh, you know income uh, but I'm not really sure I'm yet to put my finger on why exactly it is that health falls way to the bottom of that list and we find a whole bunch of entrepreneurs at the drive through at Macca's um, yeah I don't know what I, I really don't know what it is maybe Lawrence could run some of his workshops at McDonald's <laughs> and and he met, he'll meet heaps of entrepreneurs. That'll be amazing. He'll take the new Nitro. <laughs> that could be the go. Uh, it's so nice to be back. Yes. How much time have I got for a question here? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> hey, Rosley. Rosley, um, you said something which I found was really interesting. You don't know why um, people push the health thing all the way to the back. And, and what I, I kind of I feel this um, is that people think that health can come later on. It's something that they've got enough of right now. They can actually do something with it later when something actually happens to them. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that people tend to get really bogged down in the emails or bogged down in their stationary sedentary lifestyle and they forget to get up and move around and you know, be members of their cult and head down to the gym and do their CrossFit workout or whatever it is. Yeah. They, they find themselves being really, really busy. Um, from a snack perspective that helps people maintain mindfulness around their sorts of foods and being a chef, are there some things that you would recommend that entrepreneurs, um, and I found actually that health professionals are amongst the worst when it comes to food, um, what sorts of things could they be snacking on that would actually help them be more engaged in making better decisions? Uh, you bring up a you, – you, you, I want to talk about a, a word you used there that um, – should have been used way earlier in this in this in this interview. Uh, mindfulness. I think mindfulness is a key word uh, for for eating, and I think it's only when we get to that point of mindfulness that uh, we make better decisions because somehow our decisions are are tainted if we're not mindful because we kind of go with the flow or we go with the herd or we go with the advertising and the marketing that we've been subjected through through the day or the weeks or the years uh, gone by. So it's only when we past that point of mindfulness that's 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 gold right there that is that is huge um it's that mindfulness that we can um 
and I don't know whether it is about giving people better choices of lunch, dinner, um, or breakfast options or snack options. I think it's it's getting them to a point of being mindful um, where once they are at the point of being mindful, um, they will find better. And there's no shortage of stuff on Google, right? You can Google five-minute snacks and it, there's no shortage of that kind of stuff. But I think it's about getting to the point of being mindful that you are willing to look up that and take action on that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You know, uh, Raza, you've you've interviewed a lot of people. Actually, I just you know, I'm looking at the list of people you've actually interviewed. Like a lot of them are actually I know personally, or uh, but you know, cross paths. But you ask always interesting questions uh, when I was on your podcast. And one of the things, I'm not sure if exactly, I'm probably framing it right, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, you know, who do you want to meet? You know, in the future and have dinner with. And what meal would you have? Ah. Uh, I've uh, I've been asked this question a lot, and uh, I mean, sorry, I haven't been asked this question a lot. I, I've asked this question a lot, mm. and um, and every time I ask the question, I think about it myself, but I never come to you know, I, I suppose, a person. And now, for whatever reason, when you ask the question, now you I, know how it feels, man, on the other side. Oh, like I it was know. one of the most difficult questions I ever had to ask on a book, uh, answer on a podcast live. <laughs> so, thank you. That that I feel like I'm doing a job. Yeah. Um, a, I would just now when you asked me the question, I suppose what I would really love to do is is sit and eat a meal with uh, a really poor family that are happy, and you see that a lot. And I never realized this, right? Um, I mean, in, in India you see it a lot, but I never realized it until I came to Australia a few times and and went back and and I'm like, wait a minute, these guys are happy. Wait, we think they're not. We mm-hmm. think that they have this horrible life and. And um, but they're just always smiling. And somehow, when you ask me the question right now, I had this image of me sitting on the floor with a family that I didn't know, and 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 sharing a meal with them because they would share a meal um, even in those circumstances. Again, something we don't appreciate being from India or, or other parts of the world. Uh, we don't appreciate it. We don't see it as much. Um, on this side of the world, uh, we get a very sanitized version of what happens. In the third world countries, we get you know the, the news that's always tainted in one form or the other. Uh, but it's only when you go there and you realize that it's not the way we think it is. Uh, I'd love to be able to chat with them um, over a meal and and you know eat the food that they eat and 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 have a conversation about. They're obviously grateful for things, uh, which for some reason we aren't as grateful for for where we're at and we're probably one of the luckiest people in, you know in the world to be mm. in this country and and have this kind of lifestyle um but what makes them so grateful for <laughs> where they are i mean it just uh it for whatever reason that popped in my head right now so that's gonna be my answer you know that's a great answer and one of the key things you sort of mentioned there was sort of that community um you know me being asian background my father actually grew up uh, was born and raised in calcutta india and yeah. um and so i have that little bit of influence and you know i had curry most of my life uh in the early days as well and in that t- those type of cultures it's about sharing food 
um, yes. you know, in, in our at dinner. And just clearly remember the types of meals that we used to have, just sharing food, uh, and we just sort of grab whatever we want. And in the Western kind of culture that we you know that I'm growing up now, and my kids are growing up, sort of like you know, separate meals. Do you think that that actually has a, a a big role in terms of you know, from even from an entrepreneur point of view, to be able to kind of have that sense of community when they're eating, uh, rather than just trying to eat themselves and actually create community and 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 formulate that uh, the sense of community when to do it together massive role it has a massive massive role and and for i suppose parents out there just to give you a bit of a study that was done uh down at macquarie university um adolescent adolescent kids that have share one meal a week with the family had no signs of depression um which tells you a lot it tells you a lot about you know, the kinds of stuff that we're dealing with. That's um, incredible. Yeah. Uh, I think I think at every opportunity, first of all, at every opportunity, never eat at your desk. Uh, you're not being productive. Uh, your body doesn't even know it should be ready to accept the nutrients that, that you're going to you're going to give it through the food that you're putting in your body. Um, but more importantly, like if you just, I don't know, get someone and, and, and share a meal, whether it's a close family member or a, or a, you know, a client even, it, it makes such a massive difference. The barriers that we put up, because we're always on show from the time we leave the house. It's only very few people for whatever reason that we're very close to that we allowed them to see our vulnerable selves. And uh, we're always on show. Somehow when we're, we're sharing a meal, those barriers are broken down. And I think it's really important to do that um, every opportunity uh, we get. Runsley, do you think that sometimes these entrepreneurs are just addicted to being busy and that part of the reason they don't make time for their meals and make time for their health is that they're kind of, they're almost proud of being too busy to have time to do that? Mm, I think so. I think it's it's one of those, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think it's an entrepreneur thing. I think it's a, it's probably a first world thing in general it's like or maybe not even a first world thing i think i I hear it a lot in in other parts of the world as well it's it's this badge of honor of being busy equals being uh successful and uh and and (laughs) gary v doesn't help my my fucking argument but anyway uh i i yeah i think i think being busy sometimes we land up doing we land up having tasks or doing tasks that are not productive and it's that you know working hard versus working smart and sometimes if you're working smart then you can work smarter and harder but don't work hard if you're doing the same things over and over again and have this badge of honor and because you hear it a lot i mean i mean you guys must be hearing it you know every now and then you ask someone hey how's it going like oh man it's so busy mm-hmm. and it, it's it seems to be like um a hello these days <laughs> you know <laughs> It's just a, a way of saying hello to someone else. So I, I agree. I think uh, I think we've got this uh, illusion of um, hard uh, working hard equals um, success. Yeah, we actually did a whole podcast on it. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think working smart is actually hiring a VA to cook for you. So uh, guys, <laughs> I was going to say just got to get in there. It's, it's the whole business thing, isn't it? That uh, the humble brag we spoke about. Yeah. So, so, Ronsley, where can uh, people, you got a podcast, so can you tell us, uh, you know, where can people listen to your shows and uh, where can they find out more information about you? That's a good question because I keep doing things and I don't even have track of the stuff I do. So, Bond Appetit. True, is- entre- oh. true entrepreneur, man. 
<laughs> Bond apathy is probably the one that has been going on uh, for the longest. Um, I've I've done a whole bunch of other things, but uh, you know, Bond hyphen appetite, a double p e t i t dot com um, is is probably the best place uh, to get my episodes and. Um, I've had some great conversations with some fantastic people from like, all over the planet and some crazy stories. It's, it's insane. Um, and it's insane that I've been, I'm, I'm privileged to have these kind of conversations. But um, the best place to, I suppose, connect with me is on, is on Twitter at, at Ronsley um, or on Facebook, you know, slash Ronsley. Great. Well, we'll definitely uh, put uh, all those things in our show notes and also your website there, which is ronsley.com.au um, for people to go and check you out. Um, Ronsley, thank you so much, man. It's been a great chat and I uh, hope that a lot of people definitely will get definitely get a lot of value out of that. So thanks for joining us on the Wellness Guy Show. A pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me. So guys, make sure you go on facebook.com slash the wellness guys on the wellness couch. Uh, make sure you check us out there. Leave a comment below this particular episode and tell us what you think. Um, like us there while you're there and uh, share this podcast with your friends, families, and other strangers you think need a wellness update and subscribe to us on iTunes and while you're there give us a four or five star rating and leave a comment there too until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness couch this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.